The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. But now I want to share with you a story. I want to share with you a story. I heard this story. Mamish, it'd be hard for you to believe. Quarter to ten tonight, I was preparing to come here. And my phone rings, and I see Belgium. It's a call from Belgium. In Belgium, it's not so early now. It's pretty late in Belgium. Who's calling me from Belgium in the middle of the night? So I picked up the phone. Well, he introduces himself. His name is Reb Feivel Shapiro. Feivel Shapiro is a Yid from Antwerp, from Antwerpen, from Belgia. He lives in Belgium. And he told me that he wants to share with me a story. And this is not a story of Klei Chamishi, Klei Revi, Klei Shlishi, Klei Sheni. This is a story of Klei Rishon. It's a story that happened with him himself. And he told it to me tonight, a few minutes before I came here. And I want to share this story with you. It's a very, very powerful, very moving story. His mother, Rachel, came from a Satma family. Satma Chassidim, already back in Europe before the war. His father, Ibn Naftali Herz, was a Talmud Muvik of the Damesek Eliezer from Vishnitz. His mother was from Satmer, his father was from Vishnitz. He, all his life, davens in Bells. So we have Bells, Vishnitz, Satmer, Kolonik Yechot. And I'm telling the story. <laughs> Faival tells me, tells me tonight, it was one year Purim, and he came to America. He's a businessman, a well-known, affluent businessman, well-connected person in Belgium. He's an Askin, he's an activist, he's a businessman, he's a successful person. He came here once to America, he was here Purim, this was in the 1970s, early 70s. decided to go see what's happening. He wanted to check out the Lubavitcher Rebbe. So he went to Brooklyn, to the Cronite section of Brooklyn. The Lubavitcher Rebbe would hold a Purim Fabrengen, a Purim gathering for many hours, every Purim night, but so I Purim. He told me I was there. It was very, very long. He said, the Rebbe, Geret, and Geret, and Fabracht, and Fabracht, and it went on and on until late, late, the middle of the night, two in the morning, or three in the morning, three in the morning, it was very late. So the Rebbe finished and he walked out from the big shul to go upstairs to his, his room, private office, and then probably go home. And he says, By us, the minig is, shulam You go and you give a shulam aleichem to the Rebbe, to a Rebbe. So that's what I decided I want to do. I just want to go greet him, give him my hand. So as he was walking back to his room, I stood there on the path three in the morning, he says, didn't remember the hour, but it was very late, and I stretched out my hand to give him Shalom Aleichem, he said, there were two Gaboyim around, didn't 
know their names, but two Gaboyim there. They looked at me and they said, Come on, Nisht Yetzdes the Zeit. Nisht Yetzdes the Zeit Segev and Shulam Tzum Now is not the time to give your hand and start greeting the Rebbe. sitting all night. So I, uh, you know, I was new. He says, Ich bin shockiert. I was taken aback, I was shocked. And I, I pulled back my hands. He said, but the Rebbe noticed what, uh, when I stretched a man, he noticed what happened. So the Rebbe stretched out his hand. And he took my hand. So I thought, he'll give me Shalman. And he wouldn't leave go. And he started to walk with me, holding my hand. He comes to his room. And he takes me into his room. I didn't ask him anything, I didn't tell him anything, I just wanted to say Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem Shalom, five seconds. But it was near his room, so he was taken with man, he took me into the room, he closed the door. He said he himself took a seat, took another chair, put it by his desk, and he said, Sit down. So I sat down. I didn't know what he wants, but I sat down. The Gaboyim at this point, there was nothing they could do. He went in, he closed the door. So the Rebbe took, opened the drawer, took out a key. And he went to one of his cabinets, a filing cabinet. And he opened up a drawer that was locked. He took out a piece of paper. He gives me the piece of paper. And he says, Nadir, Lane, here is the piece of paper, read. Faival tells me, says, I start reading a letter that a lady wrote to the Lubavitcher Rebbe in the early 1960s. She writes to him. She comes from a family of Sat Mechsidim. Her husband, Vishnitz. She was diagnosed with breast cancer. She's 36 years old. She has 12 children. The oldest one is 14. The youngest one is one years old. 12 children, 14 to one. And the doctors are not optimistic about her chances to live. The cancer has spread. They say she doesn't have much time. She herself is ready to give up. She lived her life. She's ready to say goodbye. She's ready to face her maker in heaven. And she has no complaints. But she has 12 children. And that kills her, it breaks her heart. A one-year-old boy and a 14-year-old boy, who will raise them? Who will take care of them? She says, I don't know you and you don't know me. I'm asking you, I'm asking the Lubavitcher Rebbe, please look out and daven for my 12 children. Think about them, pray for them. They should grow up to be able to be happy people, wholesome people, healthy people. They should be inspired to have Yerushamayim, and Avas HaToyre and Avas Hashem and Avas Yisrael. 
fear of heaven, love of God, love of Torah, love of the Jewish people, and they should follow the derech ha-Torah v'ha-mitzvah. My 12 children should follow the path of Torah and mitzvahs. She signs her name. Feivel tells me she's reading the letter. He's reading the letter. She signs her name, Rachel. Reish Aleph Ches Yud Lamed Shapiro. Says, this is my mother. His mother died when he was 12. He was from the oldest in the family. His oldest brother was 14. He was 12. She left seven boys and five girls. Pitzlach Kinder, Mamish Pitzlach, little ones. And now he's reading a letter in the handwriting of his mother that she wrote shortly before she passed away in the 60s. So he tells me, so I'm sitting in the chair and I start crying. I start trembling. I didn't know such a letter. I was overwhelmed from emotion. I was just weeping. I finish reading. I look at the Lubavitcher Rebbe and I say, I have one thing to ask you. The mom is gestorben so young. My mother died so young. I don't have much of her. Ich will nehmen den Brief mit mir. I want to take this letter with me. I want to have it. The letter that my mother wrote to you about her family, her children, her concerns. I want to have this letter. So Rebbe said, Nay. No, I can't give you the letter. And I was startled. I knew that he's a Jew who receives tens of thousands of thousands of letters. Did he really need a hold on to this letter of another tragedy? Here's an orphan. I didn't have a mother in so many years. I'm just asking for her letter. Like, I couldn't understand why he would care to part from this letter and just give it to his son when he showed me the letter. And he looked at me and he said, Yeah, they are. language in Yiddish was a kenish tarab gengsu kol nidrei fardem was a chlein the mama's brief every year Yom Kippur I can't go down to shul to daven kol nidrei Yom Kippur at night before I don't read your mother's letter this letter has to stay here your revival tells me after Purim, I stood up, trembling, I walked out of the room. Then he tells me, Ich ken sich nicht meuchel sein, he says, Rabbi, why, why? Ich ken sich nicht meuchel sein, adayoyim. I can't forgive myself till today, why I didn't say Lubavitcher Rebbe? How in the world did you know who I am and that this was my mother? I came over to you after Purim, I gave you a hand. So I, I, can't forgive myself. Why didn't I ask him? How do you know it's me? Why did you take me into a room? How do you know to put the two together? I didn't even say my name. How did you know this? So I say, why didn't you ask him? Why didn't you ask him? He said, I was so overwhelmed from emotion. When he told this to me about Kol Nidre, the first seeing the letter, and then when he told me, I was just, I was speechless. 
Well, then when I went down, I said, oh, yeah, I should have asked. So I said, the five, well, how, did, how did he know? How did he know? And why did your mother write him a letter? So I can't tell you how he know what I say. He says, I guess. Saw things maybe that other people don't see. He looked at me, saw. And then he says, what happened was as follows. My father was a stark student of the Damascus Eliezer. But when he came to Antwerp, there was wanted a minion, there was Bells, he went to Bells. He used to come to America a lot. He was a successful businessman. He was involved in Macy's and other things. And he used to go visit the Heliki Divrayoil, the Satmir of Schisayoganalaini. He said, I enjoy speaking to him. Satmirov said as a Kligaid. It's a smart joint. He told me he would spend hours. A few times he went to him, he spent a few hours with the Satmar He says, I heard from my father. This is what he told me tonight. I heard from my father that once he was sitting by the Satmar by the Divrayaya. They started to speak about Lubavitch. The Satmar he said, told my father these words. Ahir, ahin, here or there. You could look at it here or there. Let me tell you the truth. Whenever a Jew comes to me, I feel it's a situation that's too difficult for me. I can't deal with it. I don't know what to say. I send it to the Lubavitcher. My father told me when my mother got so sick. And he was by the Satmer. Satmer told this to him. So he says he went to my mother. And he said an interesting thing I heard from the Satmer of that when he doesn't know how to deal with the situation, he said some love to So my mother, without telling him, wrote this whole letter to the Rebbe because based on what she heard from my father. But nobody knew about it. Rebbe showed it to me many, many years after her passing. So I said, No, tell me about the family. He says, You should know that the 12 kids grew up. Spectacular people. Normal, fine people. Every person got married, built beautiful families. Started telling me where everybody is, their families, their children. At this point, and then I thought to myself, this is just a personal memory, and I'm not saying it's connected. I'll just tell you an experience. I grew up in the Crown Heights section of Brooklyn. Lubavitch Rebbe didn't have children, as you know. Erevim Kip is the Chaminik Bayidin, that you bless your children. So he asked all the Bachim of the Yeshiva, all the students of the Yeshiva, to come into his room. Bless them like children, like a father blesses children with Birchis Kayanim. And after Birchis Kayanim, he would add words. It was very, very emotional. I was there quite a few years as a yeshiva bacher. I can tell you it was one of the most emotional experiences of my life. The Rebbe would cry, the boys would cry. He would say the whole Birchis Kayanim, and it was very, was very, very emotional. After he would finish the bracha to the true boys, he was ready in his kittel, in his talus, everything. 
he would go back to his room for a few minutes and then he would come down for Kol Nidre. As a yeshiva bach, I was always curious why he doesn't go straight down to Shul. What he does between the bracha to the students, to the Talmidim and Kol Nidre. I still don't know the answer. I still don't know the answer. But when Fievel told me the story, I had a flashback of me asking myself, why is the Rebbe doesn't go straight? He's already coming down, coming out to the boys. Why do you just go straight down to Shul? But he told them, I don't go down to Shul before Kalnidia before I read this letter. And I thought to myself when I heard this tonight, that there's such a powerful story for each and every one of us. Why? Because every one of us in our own way has to be today a little Manik Yisrael, a little leader of the Jewish people. This was a Satma family, a Belzer family, a Vishnitsa family. No connection to Chabad whatsoever. It wasn't part of the Rebbe's Kehillah, his Anshay Shloimaini. It's not part of his Chevre. He didn't know them, they didn't know him, at least on the surface. And yet before Kol Nidre, the holiest moment of the year, the Rebbe felt he couldn't go down to Shul before he took out every single year a letter of a mother asking him to daven for her 12 children they should be able to have a happy and beautiful and successful and meaningful and inspiring and Yiddish and Torah and godly here. And I realized that Balatanya writes, how do you know? How do you know what a leader is? How do you know what a manig is? Look in the body. How do you know which part is the brain? How do you know that it's a brain? How do you know it's a healthy brain? The definition of a brain is that it feels every part of the body. If a brain says, this nail, eh, I don't care about nails. <laughs> this nail, who is he? A toenail, you want me to think? You're not a brain. If you're a brain, you feel the kidneys, you feel the heart, you feel the lungs, you feel the pancreas, you feel the liver, you feel, but you also feel a toenail. You also feel a strand of hair. You feel every bone, every limb, every organ, every tissue, every sinew, every cell. That's what a brain is. How do you know the brain of Klal Yisrael? How do you know who is a brain, who is a Roshay Alpha Yisrael, who are the brains of the Jewish people? Somebody who says, this is, not, this is not my department. This is not my domain. Sorry, I'm busy. You're a good guy. But you can't be a Moyach. You can't be a Rosh Bnei Yisrael. Rain feels every single kechelik of the guf and all knesses as well as one guf. And I say to you today, my tired what do you learn from this? Today, every person has to be a little manik Yisrael, I promise you. Around you, around me, there are those families, those 12 children that need that extra love, extra stamina, extra tefillah, extra embrace, extra prayer. Don't just think about yourself. Don't just think about myself or about your own chevre, your own clique. That's beautiful. But I bless you all that we should all be able to see a letter of a mother, to see a letter of a child written in ink or written in blood written in ink or written in tears, written in ink or written in silence. And to be able to know that I can't go down for Kol Nidre if I don't care 
If I don't reach out, if I don't open my heart to them, we can't afford to be selfish, to be narcissistic, to focus only on our own. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.